from today's gospel. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Our Lord's parable this morning, while seemingly simple, is packed with depth of meaning and application. We, we could spend a whole sermon series just on this one parable. It's one of my favorites and one that communicates just so much gospel truth to us. <clears throat> but for this morning, I want to hone in on just one aspect for us, and I pray that it is applicable to all of our lives. When the master of the house and host of this grand feast sends his servant to call in guests for dinner, he's met with excuse after excuse of why the chosen guest will be absent from dinner. The first guest says he's recently acquired a field, and so he must go inspect it. Now, obviously, this guest is quite wealthy. I mean, who buys a plot of land without first looking at it? His issue, it seems, is a preoccupation with wealth and money. The second guest says he must be excused because he's recently acquired five yoke of oxen and he must go try them out at once. This man must also be exceedingly wealthy because five yoke of oxen would, could, have well, uh, could have plowed well over 100 acres, which is much larger than any peasant farm of the day. His problem then is a preoccupation with his material goods, his possessions, and his business or career, careerism. The third guest gives what seems to be the most reasonable excuse, right? He is recently married and needs to spend time with his bride. Who could fault him, right? The issue, though, is that he is so preoccupied with his marriage and relationships that he fails to recognize the even greater good before him. In fact, this seems to be the issue with all three of these guests. There is nothing wrong, per se, with wealth or having a business or a career, and definitely nothing wrong with relationships. Of course not. These are all God-given goods. The problem is when these things take priority in our life over the kingdom of God, which here in the parable is represented by this lavish feast. The question posed to us then is this. Are you responding to the master's invitation? Or are you choosing the good things in life rather than the best? While there are certainly decisive moments, <coughs> excuse me, while there are certainly decisive moments in our lives where we say yes to Jesus, we might call these conversion moments, and they happen even to people who've been in the church their whole life. I was having a conversation with someone just in the past few months. He was raised in the church, been to church, you know, off and on his whole life. But he had this decisive moment in his adulthood where he finally truly converted to Jesus. This happens to many people. But more often than not, we're faced with daily opportunities to respond to God's call, aren't we? Our Lord set a great, great banquet for us, and he does this each and every day. It is the life of a loving perpetual relationship with him. That is the feast. He wants us to dine with him. That is to enjoy his grace, his forgiveness, his love, his gospel. 
And he offers this to us each and every day. And are we responding then to such a heavenly, glorious invitation? Well, that naturally, I feel, leads to the next question. How do we do this? How do we spiritually feast with God daily? I mean, some churches have a daily mass. That could be a part of it. But we don't, and a lot of people, even when they do, don't come. And so how do you, because you work or you have other things going on. But this, the call to still daily feast with God is there. How do we do this? Well, the answer, of course, is through purposeful, purposeful prayer and intentional reading of Scripture daily in your lives. I've said this a million times <coughs> from this pulpit, but I'll repeat it for as long as I'm the priest here at Holy Cross. If the only time we pray is on Sundays in this place, in this room, then we are missing out. We are missing the opportunity to joyously dine with God each and every day. Daily prayer church situated within the context of daily times of scripture reading and meditation, that's the steady diet of those who wish to grow closer to Jesus and to have a full relationship with him. You know, you can have a half relationship with someone. You can see this in many spouses as they grow older. And they just, I've seen it where they just have a half relationship. They cohabitate. They don't love each other. You can have that with Jesus, but why would you? Why would you? The goal is to have a full relationship with Jesus and to be one of his faithful followers and ultimately to be numbered among the saints. And you do this daily prayer, daily scripture reading. On the converse, those who constantly resist the Savior's invitation who choose to the good things in life, like relationships, like careers, yet neglect the best things in life, the spiritual feast, they're warned in this parable, aren't they? The Lord seeks for his house to be filled, and he will not abide constant rejection forever. Prayer is the lifeline between us and God. He already dwells in us. He already fills our hearts even when we don't recognize him. Prayer then is really our turning of our attention towards that reality, God who fills all things and is everywhere present. Most people think of prayer as, as petitions, as intercessions, as requests for themselves and for others. And those are good. I mean, those are, those are necessary aspects of your prayer life. But I want us to see that just like in the parable, the invitation to prayer is an invitation to sit and enjoy the feast of God's presence. It is to still ourselves before the Almighty, to sit in silence, even for a time, and just worship God in quiet and reverence. The fathers of the church call this quiet type of prayer in which one just turns their attention towards God and rests in his presence. They meditate, you meditate upon him. They call this type of prayer mental prayer or prayer of the heart. It isn't so much about praying with our words or our mouths moving, but about turning our hearts towards the divine presence who already indwells us and is with us. The result of this task, if you do this, is the fulfillment of St. Paul's words in 1 Thessalonians, that we should pray without ceasing. Have you ever read that and wonder, well, how on earth do you do that? I have to, you know, say things to other people. I have to live my life. You can take an, under, a, uh, an attention of God's presence in your heart 
with you throughout your daily moments, but it takes practice. By silencing our hearts and sitting still in God's holy presence for a dedicated time each day, even for just a few minutes, we actually tune our hearts towards that presence in each moment of our lives, whether it's when we're working or cooking or standing in the grocery line or walking your dog, God's presence is constantly there and you're communing with him. We can feast with God and on God constantly. The fathers of the church recommend using a simple prayer to begin us in this endeavor. After you sit in silence for a few moments, begin saying the Jesus prayer, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Say this over and over for five minutes or ten minutes, all the while focusing as best you can on the words and on our Lord. Now trust me, it is much harder than you think. The enemy will assault your mind with random thoughts about anything and everything, even about good things, relationships, possessions, career. But during these moments of dedicated silence, you are accepting the invitation to the best thing, Jesus Christ. We must learn to give him our full attention and heart. The practice of this type of prayer, this prayer of the heart, meditative prayer, will enrich your other prayer times as well, whether that is saying the daily offices from the Book of Common Prayer or coming here to the Eucharistic service. It teaches you to not be rote and absent-minded in your prayer life, but to focus and attend to God's presence, for that is how we receive the blessings he so graciously offers to us through worship and prayer. And so as we move into the communion portion of our worship, take some time to evaluate your prayer life this morning. Is that something that is a struggle or even non-existent at the moment in your life? Is Sunday worship really the only time during the week you pray or meditate upon the gospel, the good news that Jesus Christ died and rose for you? Or maybe you do morning and evening prayer, but it is so dry and rote that most days you fly through it out of duty. All of us, I would venture to guess, could go deeper into our relationship with God. Of course we could. He's infinite and we're not. What's stopping us? Like the people in the parable, it is usually the distractions of this world. Distractions that aren't bad or evil necessarily. They are good things that need our attention, but they are not, yes, the best thing. Jesus is the best thing. He is the one thing needful, for he is our Savior who died for our sins, and he alone is the one who grants us eternal life through the resurrection. And he is here this morning at this altar. Would that you come and commune on him, not just with lips, but with your heart and soul. Would that you come and offer him your desires, your sorrows, your pains, your joys, your hopes. He will meet you here at this rail, for he loves you more than you love yourself. And as this day turns into tomorrow, would that we make the small sacrifice of accepting our Savior's invitation to his lavish feast. That we would set aside times for prayer, meditation, and scripture reading, so that in each moment of our lives, 
we might find that we fulfill the very purpose of our existence to know God and to be loved by him. To the Father most holy and to the Son our Savior and the all-gracious Spirit be glory, power, and dominion, for he is good church and he loveth mankind.